Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but they can help us all to grow. In each episode, we catch up, we share something we've really enjoyed recently that we think you will get some value from too, and then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant and that a lot of people are probably thinking about but might not be talking about. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now and you'll get a new episode every Wednesday. So how are you doing? We're back from another impromptu break, which I think just goes to show that life happens um Mm -hmm. and when life happens sometimes you just have to try and go with it a little bit yeah sometimes something's got to give and unfortunately it was a podcast but that's the way it is we have to uh I was literally right before you said it I was like life happens like this is it's just the way it rolls so we are back it's fine we are recording on the first of Feb it feels like a fresh fresh start yeah it feels like um I'm hopeful for February it feels like maybe things are I don't want to say on the up I don't want to jinx although I'm not really into jinxing and superstition but like I don't know let's just say more than the podcast had to give over Joan and it was a rough month but I feel like I'm coming out the other side of it possibly it's good (laughs) that's what I like to hear It's one of those classic things where you go, uh, yeah, okay, things, things things aren't working. There's a lot that's not happening and we've got to make some big changes. So that was very much the vibe for Jan. Um, Looking back at my January vision board that I did at the end of December, me and my friend were laughing because she was like, you basically just like manifested having a full like breakdown. Um. And I was like, yeah. I think it's, your, it's just like signaling. You just needed, yeah, needed a break. There was a lot I could never have predicted happening. Um, but yeah, we, we're moving forward little steps every single day. I've had Nurse Lulu looking after me. Um, and Who is the best nurse. And always grateful for therapy and loving people around me. Also, can we do a little... Um, PSA because I didn't know these existed till you sent me one uber gift cards oh I think they're oh the best such a great idea so like in the midst of my January we had another bereavement and Helly and Taylor Helly and Taylor Helly and Taylor very Mm. kindly sent us an uber gift card so you could order food or you can get an uber with it it's just the best idea like because I couldn't, like, I literally couldn't face making any decisions. So not to, like, have to cook or worry about getting food in or anything like that. And being able to, like, know I can get a meal. It, honestly, genius. Yeah, yeah. Someone someone did it for us when we were back in the States for Taylor's mum's funeral. And it was, I was like, God, one, I didn't know they existed either. And two, you're like, just to have something that just takes a thing off your plate to not yeah. have to think about is yeah so helpful so I'm glad that it came in useful and there's a pro tip for anyone yeah but it's also such a nice idea if you can't physically be with someone like because what you would do like if I had been with you and Taylor's mum had passed or you'd been with me this month you would have come around and like taken me somewhere mm-hmm. if I needed to get somewhere or you'd have bought me food 
mm-hmm. when you're not physically with someone and they're going through something really awful you want to help and actually that is like it was literally like what you would have done for me if you could have been here and yeah, yeah big love for I the wish we were. Oh. no I wish we were all closer yeah. but it's coming around the corner it's gonna happen yeah. soon we keep talking about it we're very very excited that we will be back in the UK in a few months time so yeah we're looking forward to it to see everyone again I'm just so excited tell me how you've been though because you've had some adventures um I mean the routine has been fab we've been in a great routine with stuff um also losing my mind over trying to plan a wedding oh my god this year which is yeah I don't know how anyone does it but obviously I've given myself the challenge of doing it within an eight month window when I'm not in the country for the next three of those months so it's not really I don't feel like that's fair to say of course you've given yourself the challenge like it's completely outside your control (laughs) yeah no the challenge is the is the visa situation but we are here and we've decided to try something new um once well once a month but we were going to try and do it we could see if we could do something every weekend for the time that we're here. And we thought it'd be a good idea to try and make ceramic pots uh, last weekend. And as I... Did you have to, like, do that bit that they do in pottery or was it, like, clay? I should have asked this question. So it was clay. And I think maybe this is where I was misguided because I've actually used a pottery wheel before. And of course you have. My ceramic pot came out fantastic and it was beautiful and it's on my shelf at home so I think I thought it would be the same and very easy but no this was with clay and using like our hands and a rolling pin and like a clay cutter um so I I would argue that a wheel is easier in terms of you get a nice finish I'm not saying it is actually an easier thing to do because it is definitely a skill but um I think we both had very specific ideas about what our ceramic pots come out looking like and it's safe to say neither of them came out well we thought that they would (laughs) but we're gonna go with great souvenir and possibly souvenir that uh, a young child relative of ours made or something like that um at the back of a shelf (laughs) do you know what it's the sort of thing that you'll find a use for and you'll pop like cotton buds in it or you know it's a talking point pop yeah, pen, pen pot miners, I think. talking points. You know what? You could give it to your parents as a gift. Be like, oh, look, give it to someone who can't say no. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, the gift thing is a great idea. And I can't remember if I've told you about this, but I had like a caricature drawing done of my family. No, and, um... I, I knew Becky and James had one when they came to see you. I've seen theirs. Okay, so... We we had that done as well, and that came out great. And just Taylor and I had that done. This is one that I had done in Japan. Um, I won't be giving it to them as a gift. It looks like a five year old drew it. Oh no! That's it is not great. Can you send me a photo, yeah. please? Um, I actually shipped it home already in a box. Um, when we get back, I'll show you it. But yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty dire. I was like, yeah, that's that's never being a gift for anyone. That was yeah. uh, interesting. Have what I a great memory. You, have I ever told you about the clay thing I made at school when I was like, I must, I don't know how old I would have been, but we had like a school project where you had to make an animal 
out of clay hmm. and I made a giraffe which is now very funny looking back on it because so like a lot of stable friends, yeah a lot of our friends are like you're like a giraffe because you're all limb and all neck and no body so actually that's quite funny um but I made this giraffe and it had the two little antennae thing and I'd like drawn all the little brown dots on it and I was relatively proud of it I mean I was like 10 or 11 and I bought it home and I gave it to my mum and dad and they were like oh my god amazing and my dad put it on the wall next to his desk but he put it at like a random angle my dad loves a straight line like this man has like an inbuilt spirit level like no one can spot a straight line like this man so I was so confused as to why I'd hung it at such a weird angle and I didn't say anything and then a little while afterwards my mum went why why is it hanging at a funny angle and he went what do you mean it's walking up the wall I'm like, what do you mean it's walking up the wall? It's a foot. It's walking up the wall. He thought I had created a clay foot. That's how bad. Oh, my God. That is how awful this thing was. <laughs> he, and amazing. to this day, I think that he wasn't paying attention when I gave it to him. Because I don't think it was that bad. But, yeah, he thought it was a also, foot. If it's spotty, what did he think? That it was infected? Like, what? No, I'd, I mean... I did ask this question. He was like, I just thought it was like texture or something. <laughs> so maybe claying, oh is claying a technical term? Maybe claying isn't our future. I, I don't think it is, but we're going to try surfing next. And I don't think oh. that's my future. But... It stresses me out that you're going surfing. I, I'll, I won't tell you about it until I'm back. So you won't know what day I'm doing it. That's worse. I'd rather oh, okay. know exactly when. Okay, I thought that'd be better, but okay. No, I mean I've been known to track your flights, hun. So. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> oh, I'm the obsessive. Oh, oh god. Shall we share some recommendations? Yeah. Do you want to kick off with yours? Yes. Yeah, so the past couple of weeks, I have been seeking out distraction more than anything else. And this is most certainly a distraction, but it isn't for the faint-hearted. Have you heard about Griselda on Netflix? I have. It's as soon as I finish Fool Me Once, it's, it's what I'm going to start now. So for those who don't know, Griselda Blanco was essentially a drug queen pin. She's one of the most notorious um, drug cartel leaders. She set up like the cocaine cartel in Miami um Pablo es the, the show starts with a quote from Pablo Escobar that says the only man I was ever afraid of was a woman called Griselda Blanco so that kind of it's amazing gives you a bit of an idea of like who this woman is it's played by Sofia Vergara who is phenomenal in it the show is split into both Spanish and English if you obviously watch the English version you get subtitles when they speak Spanish and vice versa um it is extremely violent and graphic I will just put that as a warning like it is rightly so a certificate 18 if it's not your kind of thing um maybe proceed with caution but it is absolutely excellent if you enjoyed narcos you will probably enjoy this um the story is fascinating kind of the still at the level of misogyny she was facing being a woman in that world um mm. 
was very interesting, but also how being a woman allowed her to kind of set everything up because people didn't look twice at her. Um, yeah. Truly, truly fascinating. Absolutely hooked. And the like, it's just that classic thing that I do think Netflix do well, where they have such a big budget, they can pay attention to so many details like down to the clothing and what's on the tv and e just everything is so detailed you truly feel like you're in the late 70s in Miami and it does mm -hmm. give you that level of escapism that I think can be quite almost hard to achieve when you're watching something that feels so extreme and almost borderline ridiculous I mean it isn't it happened it's true but um it is just like, it's not for the faint-hearted, but it is absolutely excellent. I hope it is a limited series. I'm really hoping they kind of change their minds on that. I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Like, since it came, because did it come out a week ago, two weeks ago? Something yeah, it like came that? out a couple of weeks ago and we we were finishing off something else. I can't remember what it was, but I think that says a lot that I can't remember what it was. Um and the second we finished it, we started this because we obviously it's like history. So it's not really a case of getting spoilers, but you want to get into it like you want to be part of it, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely watching it next because I've just heard fantastic things about it. And I never in all honesty, I never got into narcos. Like I just not into it. But I think the fact that this is main character is female and you've got that like added element of it plus it being in Miami and stuff I think yeah I, mean, I definitely want to watch it so I never really got into Narcos because it was so violent Alex is like mm. this is probably more violent and this isn't turning my stomach he was like very into Narcos so we've said we're going to go back and watch that afterwards because I keep asking him questions and he was like if you would just watch Narcos you would know because that gives you a lot of like the background. It's just obviously very different to this. Um, and yeah. see, this has come out in a world where we are more aware of like narcos and Pablo Escobar's world and all of that sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. It is excellent though. And I can see why Pablo was scared of her. I love that so much. Can't wait to watch it. I'm, I am really excited. What is your recommendation? Mine is also like female centered it's called, it's a book called strong female character by fern brady and Dude, this i wish up for me i wish i could remember who recommended this to me because i definitely put it on my list because someone told me it was really good it was um and after the so after i read the ugly cry which i think i recommended and all the young men that i recommended recently i've been really enjoying I guess like memoirs from women who offer like a very it's a really different perspective on a lot of commonly held stigmas and Fern Brady is uh she's best known as a comedian she's been on like Task Taskmaster and eight out of ten cats in the UK and this is her memoir it is brutally honest recounting her growing up with undiagnosed autism and she was raised in a very strict Catholic household. And that combined with the fact that she's a woman led to her basically being brushed off or told that she was just a problem child. Her parents didn't believe her. She was convinced something was wrong. Um, it led to her being very isolated and like, content 
warning as well like there are some very upsetting scenes um i guess suicidal ideation she there's self-harm um she is checked into a psychiatric hospital by her parents because they basically just don't know what to do with her they think she's just a troublemaker um but it is incredibly candid like some of it is honestly terrifyingly bleak episodes of depression also you can see why she's a comedian because there are bits in there that I was literally laughing out loud at like her description of how ludicrous some of the some of the opinions from medical professionals or the way that her parents treated her because like their Catholicism is just held so tightly to their social standing and she's very she's um Glaswegian so there's also some really like hilarious commentary which is also her commentary on like I guess classism in the UK which is another really interesting theme and throughout the whole book as well but she is really honest and challenges a lot of the stereotypes society holds around autism and basically sharing details on how it presents very very differently in women and like she's told at the very start she shares a quote from her doctor who she says to her doctor when she's like I think it's when she's a teenager maybe early 20s and she's like I think I have autism and the doctor laughs in her face and says you can't do because you've had boyfriends and you're making eye contact with me well those are the wow those are the like symptoms of autism that are shown in in men typically like there's not I hope that time there was not as much research around neurodivergent neurodiverse, neurodiverse women and autistic women and obviously it presents completely differently and she talks a lot about masking um and all of the various coping mechanisms that she had she was also incredibly smart and she has now a huge amount of self-awareness to have got through the things that she did like it is honestly like terrifying to think like the lack of information that there was in terms of like medicine and she and she says she's clear like how much she appreciates the NHS like she repeatedly says like they have saved me from like the worst times also they were not there to support me and listen to me when I said that there was something wrong yeah um it is equally time equally awful and hilarious like definitely not a light read also some of it is a light read it's I think she does an absolutely fantastic job it was a Sunday Times bestseller when it came out a few months ago and it's already won um, a couple of awards as well literary awards um, I can definitely see why it's really really brilliantly done that's so I think it's so important for that conversation to be had about how um different ways in which neurodiversity god neither of us can say that word today neurodiversity displays in people because gender does play such a huge part in it which when you Mm. know that it feels quite obvious of course it displays differently but like with so so many things research into how x y or z affects females is just completely underfunded and under-resourced and under-researched don't understand it and i think the more we can understand that things look different in different people and different like individuals also process things differently the more kind of accepting we can all become and like the more i guess tolerant as well like not fitting into a very very narrow stereotype of oh you know you've had boyfriends and you're making eye contact is not Mm -hmm. 
like obviously we know that's not a thorough way to diagnose anything but I think like without people being brave and telling their stories like this we can't open up that conversation yeah and she says at the end she's like this because I, I fully am aware that I could because she's always she's masked so much very few people in her industry know that she has autism she's like I'm fully aware that this book could lose me my career she's like this is the book this is what I wish I had had when I was growing up she's like if someone had told me that me like wanting to smash things up or me like struggling with this or not understanding how to submit an essay at uni even though it's easy for everyone else things like that it's like I googled this stuff I was googling and I was searching for answers and I couldn't understand like how no one else experienced this she's like this is what I wish existed when I was googling why I am the way I am I just thought that's so powerful yeah that is really powerful isn't it like that question of because we've all had that thing where you question like why or you want to know more about yourself but to then not be able to find any answers and to feel that isolated must have been horrific it's honestly fantastic book not an easy read but really fantastic and definitely definitely made me feel more aware of I guess other other ways that autism presents that isn't just the very stereotypical way that society sees autism yeah and I also think we see autism so negatively and actually seeing a woman who has had a very successful career talk about it differently is Mm -hmm. very important yeah oh yeah I think there's so many examples of it like like with mental health when you hear people have severe mental health issues but then they have success you you kind of need that to go oh this isn't this isn't a disaster it's mm-hmm. different yeah. um yeah exactly yeah that sounds brilliant it's on the list okay shall we move on to this week's topic yeah i'm excited to discuss this because i feel like it's something that keeps coming up um and we want to talk a bit about like the high maintenance culture and why is there this judgment that is held particularly against women who are quote-unquote high maintenance like I don't think I've ever heard of a straight white man being called high maintenance have you no that's men are never called high maintenance and well I I don't know I think I've definitely heard it kind of said about queer men or gay men like this is a learning point for us all listening people listening probably know the answer can we as straight people can we refer to people as queer like queer men or is that i I actually don't know i'd be wrong i'm gonna have to look that up i'll look it up and i'll pop it in the show notes but my point being that men who don't present as like straight i think sometimes they are also labeled as high maintenance Mm -hmm. and which then all goes back to but it's high maintenance is basically used by straight, predominantly white men as a derogatory term. Yeah, and other women as well. I think other women use it a lot as like a almost like a um one-upping, like they're high maintenance and I'm not, and therefore I'm better. But it's I find it so sad. I guess it's like rooted in misogyny, right? Like 
pitting women mm-hmm. against each other, low maintenance being better. But actually, I think if you break down what high maintenance is, or at least what it is to like me, and I know you feel similarly on this, is like it's having high standards. All the things that are quote unquote often called high maintenance could also just be called having high standards. Like when it comes to personal appearance, when it comes to like wellness in your health, like all of these things that get labeled as being high maintenance, they aren't. Yeah, I think one, to just quickly go back to your point about women who also use it as like an insult towards other women. I stink, I stink. That's a fantastic. Excellent. (laughs) I hope I don't stink. But I do think that even when they are using phrase high maintenance, they're still using it through like the lens of the male gaze. Like it's still very much influenced by the idea that men have, which is, yeah, exactly that stereotype that a high maintenance woman is a woman with unrealistic demands, high expectations. She's always manicured, always got the most expensive clothes or whatever it is. And I think that's the thing. It's all rooted in appearance how someone appears and how someone looks yeah and there's nothing wrong with having high standards and doing things you enjoy like I think a lot of people probably look at me and go oh god she's high maintenance like having her nails done having her hair done all of that the reality is I do it because I enjoy it and actually I'm the one maintaining it who gives a crap do you know what I mean it's like oh high maintenance is a bad thing if you're the one maintaining it I really don't see how it's a problem or how it's anyone else's business, but particularly how it's a problem because it doesn't affect anyone else. Yeah, because this whole, I mean, this conversation came about as well. I'd seen a quote saying, I'm allowed to be high maintenance if I'm the one maintaining it. And that's the thing. I think high maintenance has become also really tied with the expectation that it involves spending money on your appearance. Yeah, why is it anyone like you're paying for your manicure you're paying for your hair whatever it might be why is that anyone else's problem how you choose to spend your time or your money you're the one doing it and I think it is exactly because you're someone who has someone who is deemed quote-unquote high maintenance it's actually just another word for them being confident and the people who are using it as an insult had their egos bruised yeah there's definitely something in that about seeing another woman being confident and having like the I guess it is confidence to do the things that maybe you don't feel you can do or maybe you don't feel you're worthy of doing I think if we dig a little deeper under the surface there's probably a lot of self-worth like complexities within this because Mm. I'm I personally haven't had any like cosmetic procedures done in terms of like injectables or surgery but I will always defend another person's right to do that because I just think that's your choice Mm -hmm. when I hear particularly women talk in a negative way about other women who have had work done I always can't help but think how much of it is jealousy that you can't do it or you don't have the confidence to do it I need to caveat it with I'm not talking on the scale of like the Kardashians because I do think that when you get to those heights of like billionaires having 
significant augmentations done and have in not declaring it and lying about it to make money that's a very different issue i'm talking about jenny who's had a little bit of botox put in her forehead and then people find out and they judge her for it and i'm like but why like it's if she wanted to do that and she's paid for it and she's taken those risks why do we then make all like almost make that about ourselves and go like oh god more like she's even more high maintenance well again if she's one maintaining it what does it matter like why do we why do we judge it and how um, part of me does think like is it because we're not secure enough in ourselves that we see someone not only going and doing what they want to do and having the financial capabilities to do that but then being honest about it like that takes a lot of confidence and mm-hmm. self-assurance and I think that is also so intimidating mm-hmm. yeah because I mean at the end of the day you're taking care of yourself you're prioritizing your your well-being or your high standards or your boundaries whatever it might be all of those things can come under the umbrella of high maintenance of whatever that might mean to you but why does someone keeping their high standards offend someone else when it has literally nothing to do with them and I do think it is probably rooted in jealousy. Like, why is there the jealousy and comparison, which I guess go hand in hand together? Because I feel like you're so, especially when it become when it comes down to appearance, so much is comparison of how I look. Does my it does my hair look good enough? Does my skin look good enough? Do I look like I'm getting old? And obviously, again, this is a conversation which is so dominated by female voices and they're concerned with their appearance because they've been made to feel concerned about their appearance and yet I mean like the flip side of this is someone who maybe um, like a man might deem as low maintenance is someone who's probably natural beauty and oh they don't wear any makeup well no because the, the men's idea of natural beauty is still very manufactured it's still natural makeup it's there's still makeup there there's still a lot that has been done to an appearance so even the idea of low maintenance which is I guess used as the pinnacle of what a woman should be is still like is still not true is still not something real yeah men think a real woman is like what is real you're still basing it on manufactured ideas and appearances I mean, this is why that speech in the Barbie movie has gone so, went so viral, right? Because it is that thing of you should look beautiful and put together, but you shouldn't be seen to make any effort in doing so. Like, mm-hmm. you can't admit to having, I don't know, your hair coloured. If you're going grey and you don't want to yet, you should just say, oh, no, I'm not grey yet. But I find it. I find that like really sad that we put that pressure on one another, but I also find it like when you take a step back, so many of the things that so many women, myself included, do as kind of beauty treatments and what would be classed as high maintenance is in part to make life easier. It's more efficient. And the whole TikTok trend of high maintenance things I do to be low maintenance, I thought was really interesting because to me it's efficiency. Like, I get my nails done because I can pay someone to do it and they will do a far better job than I will as my old um, 
male women would testify and it lasts longer and so it's a better use of my time and there are so many people who like go and get semi-permanent makeup done or get their brows dyed or whatever it is because it is a more efficient use of their time and that to me is then wild that we then demonize that as well like someone doing what is best for them and their lifestyle demonize it but then also it's still like the whole high maintenance things to like make your life more low maintenance like why are women still feeling like they have to justify the things that they yeah. want to spend their own money on or the things that they enjoy like getting a manicure getting their head and whatever it might be because you're literally not impacting anyone else by doing that like it's totally your your choice your preference and I think it it's sad that there has to be that kind of reasoning put behind it because it's literally not anyone's responsibility ma to manage someone else's ego if they deem you as high maintenance because it's not impacting them in any way like high maintenance is an opinion at the end of the day isn't it Everyone's yeah that's have a different true. idea of what high maintenance is anyway I also do think I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk of like Swiftonomics recently and like the, you know, everyone's kind of slated Taylor, like people slate Taylor Swift, but actually the financial impact of her having her concerts has been really positive. I think there's something to be said for the same in like the high maintenance economy, because the amount of money that is made, the way that it benefits the economy for people having treatments done and their hair done, all of these sorts of things is huge. And yet mm -hmm. it's still not seen as credible in so many ways. Like there's still that judgment of like the beauty industry and the people who work in it and people who indulge in it. And you're like, this is an industry that will grow even in a recession. And yet mm -hmm. we're looking down on it. Like that to me is wild and just goes back to that thing of like how rooted everything is in misogyny because like, I don't know there's those things that are typically male and like don't get that kind of don't have that kind of like financial backing of an industry but also don't get the kind of heat and that's what I find really like that double mm -hmm. standard is so frustrating I was literally I was going to say everything just comes back to the double standard exactly like the speech in Barbie like whatever you do it's you take you take away the beauty industry and it's, oh, women are dam damaging the economy. Like women aren't getting their hair done as much. They're not getting their nails done as much. And it's had this knock-on effect, that knock-on effect. But then women should also maintain themselves so they look presentable. But then women shouldn't try too hard, otherwise they're high maintenance. So there, there will always be flip side to every argument just because of the double standards that are perpetuated by men. I feel that we all have a bit of a responsibility in this as like fellow women to and member particularly oh, yeah. women with one another to kind of go not my circus not my monkeys not my business let's not get like kind of stop ourselves I think we're all guilty of it where we've kind of judged someone for having a bit of Botox or whatever and or getting their nails done or whatever it is but actually like that makes us part of the problem and we've got to rethink that like if you're not the one footing the bill and it's not hurting you or anyone else like it really isn't your business mm -hmm. yeah and I do think a lot of the like 
the high maintenance idea as well i do feel like there's that's being a lot more used in more extreme circles now like andrew tate like the incel like nice guys like that's a lot more used yeah. as almost an excuse and reasoning why those men are like unable to be in a relationship or, or whatever. I feel like it is in some ways being identified in that way that it's just more of an insult than anything else. Um, but I do hope that it is becoming something that women stop using against each other. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's that then by extension that it stops becoming as commonly said among circles of men as well I think but yeah ultimately like if you're not if it doesn't affect you why do you care so many things in life come down to that but you know let's not let's not make it harder for ourselves like if someone wants to do something that's fine and it's like something mm-hmm. like our oh, passenger princess like when you don't do the driving and you're in the passenger seat and they're like oh passenger princess needs a drink well so what if they're bringing their own drink I like being a passenger princess sometimes I also love doing the driving but it's okay it's almost like that infantile infantilize infantilizing of like mm. oh it's like they're smaller they're princesses they're little girls because any not, decision they're yeah, not doing the man who yeah. the driving and you're like no like let's not like it's just a bit of fun like who doesn't want to have someone look after them mm-hmm. and I feel like we're going to talk about this a bit more next week because our topic next week is all about reclaiming girlhood which I'm really excited to talk I about. am so excited for that that has been something I feel like we've both been doing more of but I've particularly been doing in the last couple of weeks and frankly it has helped heal me so I'm excited for that conversation. But in the meantime, hit subscribe so you don't miss it. We hope you have a brilliant week and you've enjoyed this conversation. And we will be back soon. Bye. Bye.